0: your dad, yeah, yeah. clap for clap for your dad, yeah, yeah. Here they come. All right. He kind of gave him a pat on the back and started clapping, I'm like, all right, yeah. Grab a mic, um, if you, uh, and Rebecca this morning. I don't know why that's in the. Amazing, amazing stuff going on back there. Well, we've been in the in the series, and uh, this will be the final week of the series. Follow the cloud, and everybody said, "Aww, thank you, thank you." But well, we're 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 deep into this series, right? And we're we're finishing it up this week. And we've been talking about uh, how following. Following God, one step at a time, one next step at a time. God, what are you leading me to? How are you leading me, Lord, to progress in the faith, to to get to know you more, to to be involved, to do whatever? What is the, the Lord? What has the Lord been revealing to you during this time? And it's been a big series. God's been moving in this series, and we've been hearing from some people, uh, you know, through some events that we've held for our volunteers through, through, through various things, through just people that are serving, people that aren't serving currently, that want to. Um, and I just want to start by celebrating you all for leaning in and really leaning into what God has for you in this series, um, in a world that's leaning out of everything all the time. You know, you, you have been leaning in, you know, and some of this is, has been new to, to some of you, right? It's, it's been opening your eyes. To a new, like a new reality almost. And some of you, this is kind of turning back on the fire that was already in you. But maybe over the last, this last season of your life, that fire has sort of diminished or maybe even gone out a little bit. And uh, it's coming back on. And some of you, it's, the series is kind of scraping together the coals and, and, and the fire that's been burning is burning now even hotter in your life. And, and some of you are even here and maybe you've been struggling through some things. Maybe you've been, uh, you would say that you're weary or wore out, but you're here. You're here, and you're leaning in, and you're here, and you're listening, and you're open, and you're ready to receive. And, and just let me, know, let, let, let me let you know this morning, if that's you, you're just weary, worn out, but you're leaning in. And you might not have enough faith for you, but we have faith for you. We have, we, and we believe that the gospel changes us from the inside out, and that's really what we've been talking about in this series we said that, if you go all the way back to week one and week two, three, and, and we said that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but by Him, and that your promised land, this thing that the Israelites, through the book of Exodus, were being led into, your promised land, really now, present time, you, sitting in this place, listening, joining, um, really isn't a destination, but it's actually a revelation of who you are, who God is, and what you were created to do. And you've, you've heard that throughout the last few weeks. You've heard that we're, we're leaning in. We're trying to figure out who God is, who we are, and what we were created to do. And we've been understanding the gospel as I receive His grace. Last week we talked a lot about His grace. I, if I receive that grace, we said I'll experience His presence and I'll start to release His kingdom, when I start to know who I am and I know who He is and I know what I'm created to do, then I will run to the Father and I will spend my life building His kingdom. It's sort of step one, two, and three, if you will. I will run to the Father and then, you know, sort of when I know I'm forgiven, I'll never be afraid of God and I will live free. One, two, and three. Steps one, two, and three, kind of that way. But the opposite is also true if I resist His grace, and I'll avoid His presence, and I'll spend my life doing my own thing. And you know, if I don't know who I am, and I don't know who He is, and I don't know what I'm created to do, if I'm a spiritual orphan, then I'll be afraid of God, and I'll spend my life trying to be significant in my own way. If I'm full of shame and guilt and condemnation, I'll avoid God. I won't run to Him. I'll avoid Him with everything I have, and I'll spend my life in bondage. You see, we're drawn by grace. The problem is, a lot of us live our lives driven by expectations that we try harder, we behave better, we do more, so that God will accept us, so that someday we can pay off our past and finally become successful and significant in the eyes of God. Not realizing that in Jesus Christ you are already as significant as you will ever be. Amen. Who you are determines what you do. We said that too. Identity determines behavior. Remember we said that we are not, We are not. let me get this right, we are not uh, sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. We are sinners, right? That's who you are. And we said last week that as we receive His grace, grace forgives our sins, it changes our identity, and it empowers us to live differently, if you remember that from last week. As I receive His grace. You with me? We're getting caught up. So this morning, as we continue to unpack this, we can't help now, by, by the last three weeks, we can't help but now be drawn into experiencing His presence. We're drawn now to experience His presence. We realize that the great privilege of our lives is the fact that out of all the places in the universe that God could choose to dwell, He chooses to dwell in you. You are the dwelling place of God. No pressure. The temple of the Holy Spirit is what the Scripture says. You are the body of Christ. You are fully known, fully loved, with no fear of rejection. You can boldly approach the throne of grace. You were not meant to serve a distant God, but to walk with a loving Heavenly Father. You see, if we go back to the story of the Israelites, we've been looking in the book of Exodus all through this series, God went through great lengths to set them free. Right? He raised up Moses as a deliverer. He brought the ten plagues. He completely destroyed Egypt, and he set them free. And he he went to great lengths. He didn't just go, okay, you're free, enjoy your life. No, he gave them a cloud to follow. Remember, the cloud was God's presence in their lives. And look what the Bible says in Exodus 19, in verse 4. I'll give you a minute to get there. But Exodus 19, 4, Genesis, Exodus, it's real easy to get that one done. Exodus 19.4, if you have it, say amen. That's enough. Exodus (laughs) 19.4. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt. In other words, the great lengths that I went through. And how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. He says, I set you free so that you could live free in relationship with me. Experience, inspe- experiencing my presence. I brought you to where? Myself. God's goal was so that you could be, to be set free, but so that you can live free, bringing you toward Him. And the same is true with us. God went through great lengths to set you free. He sent Jesus Christ. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And He didn't just set you free and say, Okay, guys, figure out how to live free. No, He he didn't set the Israelites free and set them on their own. Gave them a cloud. Gave them His presence. He gives us His Holy Spirit. He didn't just say, Okay, you're set free by the power and blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm set free. He says, now live free because the presence of the Holy Spirit, my presence, is in you. Here's what what the Scripture says. And these will come fast and furious. I don't know if you can keep up, but here we go. Slide. All right, here we go. (laughs) 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ died for sins once for all. The just for the unjust. The just, Christ, for the unjust, you and me. Christ died for sins once for all. The just for the unjust. So that He might bring us to God. There you go. Old Testament, New Testament, the the destination is the same. God. (laughs) That's how you live free. God set you free not to make you religious, not to make you some kind of do-gooder, not to make you go to church. No, He set you free. He sets us free to bring us to Himself. He died once for all. All of the sin, all the separation, all the shame, all the distance and barriers and boundaries between God and you have been complete, completely eliminated once and for all. In Jesus' name. Amen. You tell I'm fired up to get this point across this morning. I am fired up. There's, there's some Sunday, some, some, I say it every week, I should just forget about saying that anymore, but there's some Sundays when I just can't wait to to get, and I hope and pray that you get this. Ephesians chapter 3. How many know a little bit about the book of Ephesians this morning? Anyone? Look at all the ladies' hands that are up, right. In the ladies' Sunday school class, they're studying, they're walking through the book of Ephesians verse by verse, and uh, fantastic. Um, Ephesians 3.12, in Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Some of you may have never seen that verse in the Bible. Through faith in Him, who? Sunday school answer, Jesus. Sunday school, how many kids know in Sunday school that's always the answer? Who? Jesus. You know, what's, what's gray, has a furry tail, and likes, likes oh, acorns? Jesus. No, it's actually a squirrel, but that's the right Sunday school answer. In Him, Jesus, and through faith in Him, Christ... We may approach God with freedom and confidence. In in other words, it says there's no more boundaries, barriers, distance between you and God. Old Testament, Israelites, before Christ, that kind of thing, there were were certain things that had to be done. Certain processes you had to go through. There were were boundaries, if you will. There were were barriers. and we'll, We'll talk about that. But now we can go right into the throne room. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ has done once and for all... To bring you to God. That's the goal, to bring you to God. In fact, when you read the Gospels, remember, Jesus came to show us what the Father was like. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus came to show us what the Father was like. He came here and walked, walked this sod, right, old school. He walked, he trod the sod to show us what the Father looks like. You want to know? You want to want want to really know what he looks like? Jesus says, I am him in the flesh. That's why they crucified him. Because he said that he had been doing miracles and all that. They were like, all right, whatever. But the guy claims to be the father. He claims to be God in the flesh. And, And all the authorities in that day, the religious leaders said, we can't put up with that. But that's that's for a few weeks. Right. Easter's on the way. But now there's no distance, no boundaries between the brokenness of humanity and Jesus Christ. The lepers, remember, the lepers came right up to him. The sinful woman washed his feet. The woman with the issue of blood reached out and grabbed him. The crowd pressed in on him. It shows us there's no more distance between us and God. You with me? We're not just meant to know about God. Right? We're not just meant to know about Him, head knowledge. We are meant to know Him and experience Him. God is not a topic to study, to analyze, to understand, to manipulate or control. He is a person to be in relationship with. You were created to experience His presence. Lots of verses today, like I said, just roll with me. Back in Ephesians, a little further down, um, Ephesians 3, 19. And to know this love, that surpasses knowledge, key there, surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This says that you may know and experience something beyond knowledge. We're not just called to know Him, This is a love that surpasses knowledge. It's beyond head knowledge. This is the presence of God that you may be filled to the measure of all His fullness. Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's not knowledge, tasting and seeing. That's experience. That's not just information. Taste and see. Experience something beyond just knowing. Taste and see. Experience that the Lord is good. You with me? Yes. All right. Let me ask you a really honest question this morning. And don't, don't shout it out. But a rhetorical, is that what that is? So something I'm going to ask you but don't really answer. Yeah. A really honest question. Why, why did you come? Why do you gather? Why did you gather this morning? Like, why are you here this morning? Why, why, are, why, are, why are we gathering this morning? You just come to church because it's what we do? The alarm went off, it's time, it's Sunday. It's time to go to church. Religion is sort of part of your life or has been for generations and that's just what we do? Did you come to get some more knowledge or some more information? Did you come just to see friends and experience that and to see family members you haven't seen? Or did you come to experience his presence this morning see we have to change our mindset of what all of this is start to come with a reverence and an honor and a humility and an, and, and an expectation and anticipation that's why we, if we prayed the way we did this morning we come not just to come we come expecting we come anticipating you know there's a difference between expectation and anticipation you know that? We come with expectation. God, what are we going to hear from you? Anticipation. I can't wait to hear hear what we hear from you. We come to meet with God. Now, Now, hear me, church. If your life is so busy, and I know busy, and this isn't sarcastic. If your life is actually busy, like crazy busy, and I'm not going to ask for hands to go up because we're busy. We're busy people. But if your life is so busy, that you you can't come, and you you have so much going on in your life that you physically can't come for a ninety minute um, experience in a place in, in in church, if your life is seriously that hectic, and I'm not being sarcastic, if you're seriously that, he- that he- crazy that ninety minutes is, is just too much, I can't commit to that kind of time. my life, you know, I play, I, I just can't. Then I would encourage you, if you only have limited time on a Sunday, I would encourage you to not come late and make the message and miss worship, I would encourage you to come on time, stay for worship, and then leave early before the message. If you're that busy. Now I know that messes with all of us. I know. Because we're convinced that going to church is hearing the message. But the message isn't the main event. God is the main event. And if your life is so busy that you don't can't carve out 90 minutes... To meet with God, you don't need more content, you need more connection. And you literally need to slow down and get in His presence. Because it's in His presence where we change. You can't have a form of godliness but but deny its power. That's what the scripture says. We can't have knowledge without experience. In fact, we can't raise the next generation that way. Because that's religion. Just have knowledge. This is what you do. This is what you're supposed to do. Follow these few steps. That's religion. How do I get here? Well, you do this, this, and this, and then you're done. That's religion. We want relationship. To know all these things about God, but to never really experience God Himself. We weren't meant... To know about God. We were meant to experience Him. And we need to teach the next generation how to walk in relationship with God. Experiencing His presence. And that comes from seeing it in your life and mine. Experiencing God. Not just do this, do that, do this, and you're done. And you're good. So you could be as close to God this morning, right now in your life, you can be, well, wait, No, you can be as close to God up here, eyes front. Get this, get this, get this. You can be as close to God as anyone who has ever lived. You, sitting in this room, watching, listening, whatever... Within the sound of my voice, you can be as close to God as anyone who has ever lived through history. You think about this for a second. You, you, you can be as close to God. You say, well, hang on a second. There were, there were some people that were pr- pretty important in, in throughout the Scripture. and You can be as close to God as anyone who's ever lived. The only distance that remains this morning between you and God is that which you choose. I'll say it again. The only distance that remains... Between you and God is that which you choose. That's serious. And I know you're like, hold on a second, Pastor. (laughs) There are a lot of people that were really amazing in the Scriptures. You mean, so Abraham, right? Abraham was called a friend of God. Moses spoke to God face to face, the, the way a man would speak to a friend. David was a man after God's own heart. And you're telling me that I can be as close to God as they were? Yes. Yes. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. James 5.17 Elijah was a man just like us. We can be as close to God as these people. Because why? Why? Back it up, preacher. Okay, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for the challenge. Because Jesus said, born of a woman, there is no one greater than John the Baptist. Right? And yet, the least of the kingdom of God is even greater than Him. There it is. In other words, John the Baptist was the greatest figure up until the New Testament began, up until the time of Christ. So so kind of all the way up and through the Old Testament time, John the Baptist, Jesus said, was the greatest ever born of a woman of the Old Covenant. But the least of us in the kingdom of God have far superior access in reality with God than they ever did. Why? Because there were boundaries and borders, as I said, and all of these things that had to be done in order to make a way into the presence of God. And only throughout history, only a few people really did it at limited times. We had prophets, we had things. But, but when Jesus came, and that line in the, word, in the, in the homecoming you know, when Jesus came, you know, it's like, then Jesus came. He broke all of these things down, fulfilled all the requirements, so that you may now, with freedom and confidence, we read in the Scripture, boldly go to God himself. So the only distance, is that what you choose? I'm asking another question this morning. Is that all right? You track it with me. All right. I'm asking you this question. Are you enjoying God in this season of your life? Do you, like, do you feel close to God? Do you feel connected to God? Are you experiencing His presence in this season in your life? And I would guess that many people that I've talked to privately, so many of our answers would, would be not, not to that extent. No, I feel kind of distant from God, and some people may even feel kind of disappointed or you have doubts with God. Like you, you feel like, where is God? Is he, he's hiding from me in this season. I, I can't seem to find Him. Trust me, folks. The only distance is that which you've created or that which you choose. He's not hiding from you. We're hiding from Him. We are hiding from Him. Go all the way back to the garden. Remember in, in the book of Genesis... All the way back to when Adam and Eve sinned and they fell. The first thing that Adam did, what did he do? He ran and he hid. And it was God that came walking through the garden. Adam, Adam, where are you? God sought out Adam and He drew him out and He gave him animal skin to, to cover his sins so that they could be close again. God's not hiding from us. We're hiding from Him. So the question is, why are you hiding? Where are you hiding? Look what Jeremiah tells us. He says this, Jeremiah chapter 29, in verse 13. I'm hoping. You will seek me. You got it? I mean, Kaylee's in charge here. She is in charge. I can leave this thing alone. You will seek me and you will find me when... You seek me with all your heart. We know God is seeking us with all of His heart. The real question is, are we seeking Him with all of our heart? Like, how much God do I want? How hungry and desperate are you for the things of God? How much are you willing to press in, push through the things of this world to take advantage of the freedom and confidence that comes from experiencing God's presence? You might ask me, Pastor, I'm glad you're asking these questions this morning. You might ask me, why what do you do, Pastor, in those seasons where you just feel so dry with God? What do you do? Like you can't you you feel like he's distant and you can't hear his voice and you you don't know where he is and you feel so disconnected. What do you do when you feel this, Pastor? Where where do you how do you do this? Use this analogy. It's kind of like having a, a well. Right When you dig a well and the water runs out, what do you do? You dig a little deeper. Right? You dig a little deeper. And then the water comes and you've got water for another season. And then the water runs out and what do you do? Dig a little deeper. And then the water comes and then the water runs out again for a season. And and what do you do? You dig a little deeper. And the next thing you do, you, you look and you can't believe how deep of a well you've actually dug. See, God doesn't hide things from you. God sometimes hides things for you. So that you will seek Him with an increased intentionality. And so when it feels like the waters run dry, here's what you have to think. You have a relationship with God, right? And that relationship changes over time. And He's trying to mold you and shape you and get you to dig a little deeper. That relationship with God changes over time. People that are married, you know, they, they, they connect a certain way at year one differently than year five or year 25 or year 50, right? The relationship, we wouldn't expect that that marriage would stay the same. The same is true with God. Sometimes He changes the ways that we connect with Him to get us To dig a little deeper. Maybe you really connect with God reading scripture. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe because you read the scripture, that's where you connect. But this season is a little dry. And maybe he's inviting you to dig a little bit deeper and meditate on his word. Instead of just dutifully reading the scripture because that's what you do. Take that scripture and meditate on it. Give it a few more days. Maybe you really connect with with God in, in fast worship, right? This is how I connect with God, you know? The faster the better, I'm going to clap my hands and raise my hands, but all of a sudden, it doesn't seem to do much for you right now. Maybe God's inviting you to dig a little bit deeper and enjoy Him in the quiet worship. Maybe you really connect with God by serving, and that's not working anymore. Maybe God's inviting you to start leading and dig a little deeper. Maybe you really connect with God consuming content, right? Maybe God's saying to you, you know what? Let those waters run dry. I want to connect with you in this stillness. Are you with me? It's not God, it's us. And it's an invitation to say that the water is run dry. What do I do? God says, just dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. The best thing that can happen to a tree is a drought. Why? It forces the roots to go down a little deeper to find the water. Sometimes your, your mind can change. Sometimes the best thing that can happen to you right now in this season, sometimes the best thing that happened to you is to, you for, for you to feel just a little bit disconnected from God because it'll force you to dig a little deeper and find Him in a whole new way. In Jesus' name. Let's look at a few more scriptures this morning and we'll be done. What Jesus says in John 15, 5, and a lot of you are familiar, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. If you feel wore out, if you feel dry, if you feel kind of fruitless, the problem isn't your boss, it's not the circumstance, it's not the situation, it's not your job, the problem isn't your spouse, your kids, your parents, the school or the whole world being against you. The problem is that you've disconnected from God. Please be honest with yourself this morning. I know He remains in me because He will never leave me or forsake me because He already left Jesus on the cross and He won't do that for me. So I'm the one that's disconnected myself from the vine. That's why I feel like I'm withering. And so God in His goodness and His grace is saying, Come on, receive my grace and experience my presence. Let me produce the fruit again in your life. Do you remember the story, and I don't have all the scriptures up here this morning of this, but do you remember the story of the prodigal son? The prodigal son. We talked a little bit about in that song this morning, being a prodigal, right? Like, I've made my own way, I've carved my own path. There was a young man who wanted to f- find in the world what he already had in his father, in the prodigal son. And so he took his in- inheritance and in a sense, he severed the relationship between himself and his father. And he went out and he spent that inheritance on wild living, the Bible says, and parties and all kinds of wild things. And he got to the end of himself and was completely broke down, burned out. He had nothing left. And he rehearses, remember, he's in the pig and he's just in the slop and the mess. And he rehearses this little repentant speech, not because he was sorry, but because he was hungry. Remember that? And he goes back to his father, and he comes and he starts his sad little story that he started that apology speech, and the father interrupts him and says, My son has come home. And he gives him a big old hug. And he says, Get a robe, get a ring, get some sandals, put it on. We're going to have a celebration tonight. And I think a lot of us that are familiar with that story A lot of us can say, I've come back home, and I am a beloved son, and I know I've got the robe, I've got the ring, I've got the sandals, and I'm supposed to live on mission with God. But you know what I think a lot of us are missing? The hug. It's the hug of, I love you. You are as loved in this moment as you will ever be in your entire life fully known, fully loved, no fear of rejection. That's why the Bible tells us this. First John, and so we know. We experience this. We rely, we know this. We rely on, we rest on the love that God has for us. We know this. You need the Father's love if your heart is going to ever feel Alive and free. You need to know. You've got all this speech rehearsed. God God says, hey, come here. I love you. It's not just knowing. It's experiencing God. Amen? One more thing, then we're done. You see, God is always drawing us deeper into His presence. He's always drawing us further in. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so when he comes to the Israelites and he wants to set them, free, set them free through Moses, Moses goes and confronts Pharaoh, right? This is how it went. And, and walk with me through this. Moses goes and confronts Pharaoh and says, "Hey, let my people go, so that they may worship me. God wants to set them free. Through Moses, he says, let my people go so that we can worship. they can worship the God, of the, the God that they love and loves them. So God wants them free so they can worship him. And when we think worship, don't think three songs, raise your hands, first half of church service thing. Worship, what God wants for his people through Moses, is the, the affection and attention and the focus of their heart. And they want, they want, he wants them to turn to him. So Moses then intervenes and he says, Pharaoh... Set my people free. God says, let my people go so that they can worship me. Pharaoh responds and says, okay, sacrifice to your God here in the land. In other words, Pharaoh says, I don't care. You can have as many gods as you want to have, and you want that God to be one of your gods, knock yourself out. Just stay here in the land. Have your God of work and fortune and fame and your hobby and success and school and sports, but you've got to stay here in the land. Just let that God that you worship be one of many, but it's a life of convenience, a life that's comfortable, a life that doesn't require a lot of effort or intentionality. And so Moses says, that's not going to work for us. And so some plagues come. Against Pharaoh, and the Pharaoh relents, and he calls Moses back, and he says, all right, I'll let you go, but don't go very far. Okay, you can go worship God, but don't go very far. In other words, I need you to keep one foot in both worlds. You can worship God, but you don't go very far. You can have one foot there with God, but you've got to keep one foot in Egypt here with me. He says, okay, you could go worship your God, but don't be too radical. Don't be too devoted or committed, Moses. I mean, there's other people in the room that you might want to work with. So just don't be that, you know, keep, keep your options open. What will they think, you know, if they see you wholeheartedly, God, Moses, if you take your people over here and I rule this kingdom over here and they see you worshiping this God and getting this freedom, what will they think about you? What will they think about your reputation? They see you wholeheartedly worshiping this God. Don't go very far. Moses says, that's not going to work for us. So more plagues come. Pharaoh says, okay, okay, okay. Have only the men go and worship the Lord. That's great. You can, your men can, go as far as you want to go. Go and and do this thing. But in other words, you've got to leave the next generation here. Your men can go, but that's it. You've got to leave the next generation here. Go as far as you want to go. In other words, you've got to leave them here. You go, and you, you give me the next generation, Pharaoh was saying. You can go. The men can go. You've got to leave them behind. Pharaoh says that, and we'll call it good. This is the person that says, you know, that, that I, worship, I worship God, but my, my spouse and my kids and my family, I don't put the kind of pressure on them. I come, I worship, and I have a relationship with God, but I don't put that on my family. I can't, I can't force that on my kids. I can't make my kids do that. I mean, come on, middle school? Hard enough, right? High school, being a young adult, I can't. I'll worship God, but in my own way. I'm not going to put that on my family. Let's leave them. I'll go, and I'll go as far as I want. And so Pharaoh was saying, yeah, your men can come, but leave them behind. Moses says, that's not going to work. So so, guess what happened? More plagues. More plagues come, and, and Pharaoh says, Okay, go worship the Lord. Even your women and children may go um, with you, but only leave your flocks and herds behind. Now this is the next step. So okay, we're going to have this, this freedom from Pharaoh, but we have to leave our flocks and our herds behind. Now what were the flocks and the herds to those people? They were their livelihood, right? They were their possessions, their money, their reliance, their livelihood. You can go, just leave your possessions and your money with me. You can go, you can all go, and go as far as you'd like to go. Take your kids, your children, your women, everybody. You can go worship the Lord, but just don't trust your possessions to the Lord. Because Satan doesn't care if you go all the way uh, with the Lord if you don't trust God with your money. Because the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Satan says, go ahead, but don't trust God with your, with, you, with your resources. You can worship God all you want, but don't trust him with your money. I know he commands you in certain ways. I know he commands the tithes, and he brings an offering to your mind or to your heart, but don't do that. You can commit, but mm, not your resources. Because he's still got your heart, because where your treasure is, your heart is also. You go sing all the songs, do all the religious stuff you want to do. You go to church. You go to church every day, the enemy would say. I don't really care because I still have your heart. Moses says, that's not going to work. Plagues come. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. That's what Pharaoh finally relents. Go worship the Lord. And he sets them free. Is this the journey that God is leading us on? We've, we've, we've compared ourselves to the Israelites throughout this whole series. Little by little, pushing further and further and deeper and deeper into His presence. Why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So the question is this morning, how much of God do you want? How far are you willing to go? Are you willing to go beyond comfort and convenience? Are you willing to get both feet into the kingdom of God and say, I'm going to be devoted and radical and committed? Gary brought up the the singer from Skillet. I mean, I've seen some of it. Look it up. That, That man is taking a stand. Are you going to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I don't care as prominent as that man thinks he was. I don't care what people think about me. This isn't right. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say something. And I'm going to fight for my faith. I'm going to fight for my family because I'm tired of the world shaping everything about them. So as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Wake up to that one. I'm going to give God my money, my time, my resource because I want Him to have my heart. That's why. This is the whole point. Jesus' obedience, life, death, burial, resurrection, Jesus' obedience determines our identity. We're saved. Your obedience determines your intimacy. With Him. What Jesus did once and for all, we read, uh, secures your relationship with God, right? That's we're saved. Jesus did that for you and for me. So we're saved. Your relationship with God, what you do, determines the quality of what that relationship actually looks like. The intimacy. And what God is trying to do is get our whole heart. This is, this is what worship is. It's our whole heart. Right? We live these fragmented lives. This is our church box. This is my faith box. This is my worth, work. This is my family. This is my money. This is my hobby. This is my school. This is my sports. And we we segment everything. Right? We compartmentalize everything. God's trying to integrate you so you love Him with all of your mind, all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. And so it's easy to say you worship God, but what we really need to do, really, to see if you worship God, do you worship Him in all areas? Does He have your heart? Does He have your heart? Come on up, Randy. It's easy to say, I worship God, but does He have your heart? Pull in your feet a little bit, because it's real easy to figure out if you worship God with all of your heart. If we look at your Netflix account, uh oh, some of you aren't coming back because I said that. It's easy to find out if you worship God with all of your heart if we were to scroll through your social media. Real easy. You're not hiding from God. You may think you are, you may think God doesn't see, He sees. Does he have your whole heart? It's easy to say I worship God. You're not hiding from God. He sees it. Dare I say, if we looked at your your how many still have a checkbook, right? I know there's a few of us. It's real easy to say I worship God, though, but we'll know right by looking at your checkbook if you worship God. That's just a fact. I'm not picking on you, that's just a fact. It's so easy to give God this little 90 minute window on a Sunday morning and say, me and Jesus, man, we're good. There's so much more than that with our story, though, to our story. Some of you, if you didn't leave from the Netflix, you're going to leave after this. I'll just tell you. When God comes to Pharaoh through Moses, right? He says, let my people go. Not let my person go. Moses came to him. Didn't say, let my person go. He said, let my people go. This is a a nation, a community, a family. And God is in the business of redeeming communities. We're the ones that have individualized it, right? Boy, some of you aren't going to like this. Individual salvation, right? Personal relationship with Jesus. I challenge you to find that in the scriptures. But, But it's not a you and Jesus thing. And that's where it stops. It's let my people go. There was a cloud to follow. They didn't all have their own cloud, right? God gave His cloud for His people. God gave His presence for His people. It wasn't like, here's Moses' cloud, here's Joshua's cloud, here's Gary's cloud, you know, here's Kate's cloud, here's Corey's cloud. No, 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 it was, there was a cloud. And if people were going to go in different directions, they would be sent by the community of believers. They didn't just go and do what they wanted and and how they wanted. Yes, you individually, you are the dwelling place of God now. God's presence is in you. Yes, individually, you are the dwelling place. But we are the dwelling place of God. Yes, you are a part of the body of Christ, but we are the body of Christ. And the most important thing to God through Christ is relationships, right? We can see that all through the scriptures. We don't follow alone. We don't stay alone. We don't go alone. There was a cloud to lead the people. Set my people free. The cloud is always going to lead you into relationship with God and His people. That's what He does. That's what He does. How much of Him do you want? He wants your whole heart. Jesus died to solve all of that. He wants your heart, your commitment. Determines your intimacy. How much of him do you want? Stand with me. It's a great song, Randy. Is that Search Me, O God? Good song. Search Me, O God, and know my heart today. That's the verse. take a few moments take a deep breath i know that was a lot like if you're really committed and you came in here expecting and anticipating that was a lot if it's just religion and you came in here like hey this is what i do on sunday this was just another sunday morning i get that it was just another sunday hey you know what cool the preacher preached This is like the modern version of closing your Bible, right? We're done here. Now I can put the Bible, you know, on the counter for the rest of the week and we're good till next week. If that's what this is, then you missed it. You missed it. If you came in here expecting, that was a lot. It was a lot for me. So what's your commitment to him? As we said this morning, his commitment to you was Jesus on the cross. His death, burial, and resurrection. That's his commitment to you. What's your commitment to him? Bow your heads this morning. If you would. If you would. We ask this question at the end of every service. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What have you said to me during this time? And so that's what I'll ask you this morning. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? There's some in this room that have made new, recent commitments to Jesus. Been around church their whole lives. Finally clicked and they said, you know what? What? I see God's commitment with me, to me. This is my commitment to Him. I'm going all in. I'm giving Him my life. And as I look around the room this morning and I see everybody heads bowed, really getting to, 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 to the bottom of what the Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning. Saints that are praying for those that, that are trying to wrestle through this decision, this moment. I guess I'm asking you that question. I, I, I know there are a lot in this room that have been around church and have come and have had religious things in their life for a long, long time. But this morning, God said something to you. And God is calling you to dig a little deeper. So I'm leaving you with that challenge this morning. If God has called you to dig a little deeper, I'll commit your you to prayer this morning. God very publicly showed His love and His devotion and His commitment to you by hanging Jesus on a cross very publicly for all to see. Jesus rose from the dead three days later for all to see. So this faith, this commitment that He had to you was out there. It was for all to see. So my question to you is, Will you commit to Him with that same level of commitment that He had for you? And will you do it for all to see? As personal and private as this moment is, God wants to set you free, yes. But Moses said, set my people free. So as personal and private as a moment, this can be. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you if God is calling you to that level of commitment this morning. That you not be shy. And that you walk down to the front of this church this morning. So that we can pray for you. I can feel the anxiety in the room. I can feel it. And I know that God is calling some people in this room to a deeper walk. Praise the Lord. So I'm calling you this morning. A lot of times we'll just say, hey, nobody's looking around. It's real private. And then we follow up with you. Right, we do that. This morning is different. This morning is a very public commitment. Saying that God has spoken to me about this commitment and I I need to go. I know, I stood where you stand. I know, I get it. I can feel the anxiety. It's like, a, it's like a wave up here. But if God is calling you this morning to a deeper, dig a little deeper kind of commitment, then get on up here. <laughs> get on up here. Look at this altar. Y'all look up for a second. Y'all can see just keep praying at the altar. I get it. Look at this altar. Religious people, you would think, right? God's never done. God calls people that have been walking with Him to a deeper, more committed walk all the time young and old, across this altar this morning. Don't leave here the same as you came in. This is an opportunity to say to yourself, to God, and to everyone around, I'm I'm committing to a deeper walk with Him. Some are committing, some are praying for those that are making that commitment. Whatever it is for you, I'm not going to stop until people stop coming. Don't y'all pray that people stop coming. That ain't right. I know the roast is at home and it might burn, but you don't hear these words, you might burn. Whoop, too far? Last time, anybody else? Bow your heads with me. Church, it doesn't get any more seriously wonderful than right now. (laughs) Father God, in your presence, we take the closing moments of this time together. And God, we lift those who have come this morning to this altar very publicly. We lift those before you this morning, God, that are making deeper commitments to you. They are digging deeper. They're not satisfied with where they are in their walk. But God, they're saying, I- I'm digging a little deeper. Let that be the prayer for all of us in this room. I thank you, God, for each one who's come. I thank you, Lord, I pray. Lord as we lay hands on those that have come this morning I pray God for a touch from you and a blessing God that you would honor Father their commitment to you that God through your Holy Spirit God each one who's gathered together this morning at this altar of prayer that God you would honor that commitment and that That yes, that people have bowed their knee. People that made that commitment this morning. God, we just bask in your presence. God, it's this time that we can look to you and your word for the confidence and the ability To come to you and to ask you, Lord, to help with this commitment level. It's not easy. The people around us may not understand it. But God, we go before an audience of one this morning, and that's you. Thank you, Lord, for calling people of all ages this morning that are scattered across this altar. Father, we rejoice as your people in their commitments, God. And I can't wait to see what you'll do with this. And so, Father, as we look to your word, we pray, Lord, the words of the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. And may His presence go before you, behind you, beside you, and all around you, and within you. He is with you. God, we are flat out excited about what you're about to do. In the lives of individuals and in the lives of your people that gather in your house. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us here this morning. Thank you in advance for what you're about to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for speaking to our hearts. Stirring us, Lord, from the inside and forcing us out of our comfort zone. That we might be obedient to you in whatever you have for us, whatever that looks like. God, we are ready to take the next step toward being like Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us here this morning. Might we take that blessing and as we depart from this place, God, may we not depart from your presence. And we ask this and rejoice this morning. In Jesus' powerful name, and everyone agreed, saying, Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all are dismissed, or stay as long as you want.